It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Well, hello. Welcome in, everybody. Great to have you with us. It is the uh, PJ Show live on this uh, final Thursday of uh, 2023. Uh, We are in the uh, holiday mode here to a degree, although we're back kind of full-throated today. It was uh, kind of a a very regular workday in a lot of ways because you had – ECU basketball holding a little uh, press avail and Pilkington in there slaving over a hot editing bay and Pilkington's back. That's the big news from where I sit today. Good to good to have you back, Pilk. Hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, it's good to be back. I had an okay Christmas. I was sick all day Christmas day, so that wasn't mm. fun. But the good news is. I was sick Christmas Day, and I was sick the day after, and I had those two days off, so I didn't have to take off any extra work, and then I still got to go to the Panthers game in church on Christmas Eve, so I guess it all worked out. It all worked out. Speaking of the Panthers, we'll talk with uh, Jim Zoki coming up, and then we will uh, also uh, talk with our buddy Brian Mull in the uh, second half hour of the uh, show today, talk some uh, college basketball. Tomorrow, a programming alert. A programming alert. By the way, Pilk, it's great to have you back because I can converse with you. Michael did a great job yesterday, but there wasn't a lot of conversing, on-air conversing. Yeah, Michael's sports knowledge is like uh, you hit home runs in baseball, you score touchdowns in football, and that's that's about all he's got. He, He shows up at sporting events dressed like a tourist going to... Gatorland in Florida. He does. He doesn't wear the it's team true. colors. He looks like a, a, a tourist going to the Gatorland in Florida. All That's right. exactly what he looks like. That is that is a perfect analogy. Couldn't have said it so, better myself. Or going to, uh, what's the, the, the one out there in uh, Charlotte, the amusement park? Carowinds. Carowinds. With the, with the, uh, with the, uh, the, the roller coaster, it's got cracks in it. All right. So that was a random throw in there wasn't it but um so it's good to have you back now you see me did a great job producing other than no sports you know back and forth tete-a-tete the uh, show chat portion of the show uh, other than our host chat portion of the show other than that great job except for the fact that he played all of his favorite uh, lame 80s tunes Whew. Eef. some rough music yesterday some I didn't even know he knew songs from the up. 80s. I thought he like fell off the music train when he turned five. I thought it was after the Beatles. He didn't know it. <laughs> no, no, no. He's he, You don't know the Buscemi story on me? He, oh, I know. He, Trust uh, me. I know. Not only does he, does he know a bunch of stuff about the 70s and 80s music, but he also knows when these artists put out new music, and he supports their new music. I respect his Nobody, loyalty. Nobody cares about new music with a lot of these acts, but yep. he, he, he does that. 
I'd be anxious to get his uh, take on like Foo Fighters, for example. What he thinks about Foo Fighters. I bet he's I, never I, heard of the Foo Fighters. I don't know. They're big. They are, and I you know, know, you could tell him that two of the members came from Nirvana, and he probably wouldn't know who Nirvana is either, because it's '90s. He doesn't know '90s and on, man. Unless no, it is the artist no. originated in. If the artist originated before 1985, and they released something, as you mentioned, newer, right. he knows. But if, He'll know. if He'll yeah, know. I would say yes. Metallica on. He's no, no. All right. What is, what was the big uh, the best Christmas gift, Pilk, or best Christmas moment? I guess. You were six, so that kind of stunk. But uh, going to the Panthers and seeing them play a competitive game was that was that your Christmas highlight? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm trying to think what I got for Christmas. That that might have something to do. But yeah, I would say actually getting to go and watch the offense play well. It's kind of disappointing to watch the defense give up 33. But hey, 30 points out of the offense, and it's not like the defense created any turnovers and gave them any short fields. They marched down there, scored three touchdowns, kicked three field goals. So I would say that was probably it. What about you, Patrick? I know you guys. You guys had some pit stops you had to make. You guys were kind of here, yeah. there, all over the place. Yeah, we're always the visiting team during the holidays. Uh, that's the problem with no kids. You're. Uh, you're expected to travel uh, to uh, to parts unknown. Um, I have to give my wife Jill props because she she again has spoiled me beyond spoil beyond being spoiled. I have these great headphones now that are truly noise canceling, and they are expensive. Apparently, they are great headphones, though. Humble uh, brag like there from the P man. Yeah, they are. They are expensive. They. They may have cost more than a car I bought once. So they were pretty pricey. More than a matchbox pretty. car you bought when you were six? No, no. I, I paid $850 for a car. My first car I paid, uh, well, I say I paid. My parents paid 1500 bucks. I paid for my second or third car, and it was like $850. It, wow. And that, that proves that that is a... I don't know if that's a humble brag anymore now that he's talking about his headphones costing more than the car. Yeah, that's... Well, these cars were, you know, they were used. Well, no, I get that, know. but I'm talking about the headphone. The fact that you're you're saying what the least you've ever paid for a car is before now saying the headphones cost more. They're pretty close. Yeah, I got a new microphone. I do not think it costed that much. In case I ever have to do the show remotely for a reason for you or for Igo, I did get a new microphone. For at home, which was good. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Good. Does it plug into a computer? Is it one of those deals? It, it came with the ability to plug into like a roadcaster board as well as the USB to go into the computer. So it can do either or. Oh, okay. There you go. Fancy. Well, uh, we have coming up uh, for you, as we mentioned, uh, Zoki. We'll have Brian Mull, uh, ECU, and a pirate report coming your way right now, though. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Programming a note for you, we'll have Pirate Basketball tomorrow night here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT, 6.30 airtime. And a uh, 7 o'clock tip as ECU wraps up the non-conference portion of the schedule. They will uh, host East Tennessee State out of the SOCON. Uh, ETSU comes in at seven and five. The Pirates, likewise, seven and five. Here is uh, Mike Swartz speaking today about uh, the uh, game upcoming with the Bucks. Let's hear what uh, Coach Swartz had to say. 
You know, this time of year, it's always a challenge because they've had a, a break and we had a little bit of a longer break than, than we're all accustomed to, just the way the schedule played out. But I know our guys are excited to be back. We've had a good few days of practice and uh, obviously as we finish up non-conference play. What's your scouting report on East Tennessee? What do you look for from on tape, that kind of thing? Man, first of all, they are really, really good defensive team. I uh, got a lot of respect for uh, Coach Savage and what he does, and I know him back as an assistant and what he did there as an assistant with Coach Forbes there, and then he went to Wake Forest, and now he's uh, earned a great opportunity at a great university, and he's doing a really good job in his first year there. I mean, they have seven wins. We have seven wins. Uh, in terms of them as a team, again, very, very good defensive team, play extremely hard. You can tell how well coached they are on the defensive end. Offensively, they have three very talented offensive players. They have more than that, but they have three guys averaging double figures. Uh, Samoa, as good as a shooter as we've seen. Jaden Seymour, somebody that we're familiar with. We played him. Uh, we saw him in a scrimmage last year, but he's even so much more improved. Versatile player that could spread the court, play inside, play outside. Poses a lot of challenges for us. And their point guard, Peterson, is just a, a very good, tough point guard that's averaging double digits, and he's kind of the head of the snake for them. So a uh, really good team defensively and very talented on offense. All right. Uh, Coach Swartz with uh, an opening uh, statement and a comment uh, or an answer to a question there. Uh, more from Coach, who talks about uh, the team has been focused on rebounding during the Christmas break. I think the biggest thing where we are right now is over the last five games, our defense has been as good. I mean, it's really one of the better defenses right now that we've played all year, but it would be up there numbers-wise in the country right now defensively, what we've done. The one area that we have to continue to shore up is our defensive rebounding, is being able to, and a lot of that happened in that Florida game where they had 22 offensive rebounds, uh, but just being able to continue to shore up our defensive rebounding, it's such a big piece because when you put so much emphasis on half-court defense and then you don't finish the possession with the rebound any coach any coach would tell you it's one of the most frustrating things so that's really where our most of our emphasis has been but we've touched on a lot of things I mean you know we haven't shot the ball as well as we'd like to we missed a lot of rim shots in that Florida game uh, we came back and played better better versus Delaware State but yeah we've practiced all of that uh, you know I, I hope that translates but defensive rebounding has been a real big key for us all right, more from Coach Schwartz when asked about uh, if Cam has looked better at practice now that he knows he can play. Yeah, I think that's a, a really – because now he knows. I mean, that, that weight has been off his shoulder a little bit, and I think that's a big deal. And in the Florida game, I mean, he really didn't even know he was playing until 30 minutes to an hour before the game. Was he going to – because there was so much indecision out there about what it was going to mean if he decided to play, which he did, which tells you how much he loves this game and loves the opportunity because he didn't know what the – necessary consequences could have been at that time. Then we get to the Delaware State game and the NCAA had made an announcement on what that looked like for him for the rest of the year. And I thought he was more comfortable in that game. Again, I've said this to you guys before, I'm not worried that he hasn't made shots. I know he's a guy that can make shots, can shoot the ball really well. It's more about his comfortability with his teammates. It's more about him feeling like, all right, I know exactly what we're doing. He was spending 50% of the time in practice on the scout team prior to the Florida game. And even, even into the Florida game he was, to be honest. Delaware State was the first game he wasn't on the scout team. So now this week and coming back. But, again, the challenge is we've been off for a few days, and now we got to get it back going. All right. Uh, that is uh, Mike Swartz's comments. And, again, that will be a 6.30 airtime tomorrow. Uh, one other programming uh, note for you. Pirate women's basketball will be heard on 94.3 the game on uh, sun, uh, yeah, Saturday. 
that will be a 12 noon tip against number one ranked South Carolina, 1145 the airtime here on 94.3 the game. Uh, another programming note, I don't know if I mentioned this in the very beginning, but uh, there is going to be another Steve Logan show tomorrow, another Logan Zone. It'll be a best of edition, so we are back at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, it'll be a an abbreviated version. Cy Seymour will join us, so 6 to 6.30 PJ show on uh, the radio side uh, tomorrow. Also, in our pirate report, in the uh, preseason coaches poll for the American in baseball was released, ECU again has been picked uh, number one in the uh, preseason uh, poll. So uh, that is uh, one of the things that uh, has happened. So ECU, again, preseason selected to win the uh, conference. Charlotte was picked second in uh, that particular uh, uh, preseason poll. Uh, UTSA picked third. FAU picked fourth. So uh, three of the uh, four new teams in baseball uh, picked in the top four. You have South Florida fifth. I believe they got a first-place vote. Uh, you then have Memphis sixth, Wichita State seventh, Rice eighth, Tulane ninth, and UAB tenth in the uh, American preseason poll. Trey Savage was named the uh, 2024 Baseball Preseason Pitcher of the Year. Uh, and uh, Savage, along with Zach Root, Danny Beal, Carter Cunningham, Justin Wilcoxon, Jacob Jenkins-Cowart, all preseason, all conference selections for the American. Again, all of that released uh, today. Okay, so that's today's Pirate Report, and uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and uh, Pilk and I will talk to Jim Zoki of the Panthers Radio Network as uh, the Panthers will uh, come back uh, on the road and try to knock off Jacksonville. And there's some question on their quarterback situation. So uh, when we come back, Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. All right, uh, Jim Zoki will uh, join us uh, here for the final time in 2023. Jim breathing a sigh of relief now that that is uh, confirmed. Jim, how are you, buddy? Merry, I hope it was a Merry Christmas for you. We did. Had a good Christmas. Hope you guys did, too. Have a little bit of a head cold today. I was trying not to pass it through the telephone to you, but uh, otherwise, uh. doing well. Well, I've already been under the weather. Pilkington's been under the weather when he was at home in Charlotte. So I think this is one of those uh, deals where, um, you know, it's a Charlotte thing. It's a great state of Mecklenburg thing. So we're running around out there. <laughs> hey, I'm not from there. Don't put me in the same boat as those people. Wow. Wow. But you'll, you'll <laughs> those, go those watch people, that football. Those people. Those people. <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't order it that way, but I'm not one of the Mecklenburg County people. Cabco represent, baby. And why Cabco. was uh, why was Patrick blaming his own illness on that when he? I know, right? Here? He was sick before either one of us, anyways. I don't get maybe it. I was sick at the beginning from, of the month. Well, maybe you brought it from Pitt County or whatever. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where it began. <laughs> <laughs> China. I don't yeah. know where it started. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, there you go. Car- yeah, yeah. Well, watch it, Zoki. You you it's you may cold. wind up in some trouble. Yeah, well, it is cold. a cold. Yes, and there's no telling where the common cold originated from. Exactly. Um, Jim Zoki is with us here. Boy, I tell you what, uh, Zoke, uh, 
even though they lost, I thought the Panthers, uh, there's a lot of positives. I'm feeling a little better about this team right now. Uh, and I think uh, Bryce Young played his best game of the season. Patrick, I hear it in your voice. It's like your heart grew three sizes that day. And um, <laughs> he, uh, he, <laughs> and uh, he did. By far, I thought it was the best game. I, you know, it was funny because the first quarter wasn't, but the last three quarters got going. And, uh, you know, by now, I think most people know, through like 312 yards, which was his best. Um, and just, you know, just beyond that, just, Passes downfield, you know, big chunk plays. I mean, DJ Dark combining on the two touchdowns, but, you know, just in between, there were just other, you know, big plays with Adam Thielen and Tommy Tremble and some others. And so it was kind of like, okay, now I see what they signed up for, why they think Bryce Young uh, could be like the Alabama Bryce Young. It was kind of the first really extended more than one quarter in Miami kind of look at uh, what that was going to look like. Not that it's been all his fault, but they blocked a little bit better. They only got sacked two times in the game, things like that. So, yeah, a lot of the game together. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to say the offensive line, no coincidence, uh, is, is playing a lot better here. You know, little things like um, bringing in a veteran, uh, Gabe Jackson, who didn't even start the game this past week, but that, uh, Nate Jensen started the game, and he was getting beaten past pro a couple times, and, you know, back, you know, plays are getting destroyed, and again, not all on one person, but then Jackson comes in, and like he's done in the previous game or two, really kind of solidified things up the middle and just, you know, gave, you know, just a little bit more time for the play to actually develop uh, in the past game and things like that. So I thought, yeah, by and large, uh, you can't develop longer plays downfield if you don't have the time. They they were much better at that in the, in the past game against Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim Zoki on the line with us here, Panthers Radio uh, Network. Defensively, though, Zoke, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was that was the issue, and that's been one of the you know brighter spots for much of the uh, season That's that's been uh, absent of, of bright spots. But uh, that was, but you know, I, I think I thought Love played really well too. I, I, I the offense for for he did the um, for the Packers really good. I mean, two great young quarterbacks playing uh, fantastic, which was kind of fun to see. Yeah, it was like it's kind of like that last ECU game against Tulsa. Like, hey, the offense showed up. I know the defense isn't doing what they normally do. <laughs> it's like the, the same thing. It's like you know, can you just give up the usual ten or fourteen that you normally do, and you could win and. I know they were frustrated defensively. Uh, again, credit to, to Jordan Love. He's been really good. I mean, I think in his previous five games, he was 11 touchdowns and one interception. So he's been playing really well. Uh, and they had just gotten back Aaron Jones. And that was the more, more disturbing thing was he ran for, I think, like 170 yards, if I'm remembering, is going to be about right, and uh, like six yards of carry. And he was just, I mean, gashing him up the middle. And that they, just, they hadn't done that really since maybe a little bit of week one, the first Atlanta game. Uh, where Bijan and uh, Algier got after them a little bit, but that was very uncharacteristic of them to, you know, give up the simple runs up the middle for bigger gains like that. But uh, I think you know at this point, you know, you're going to win two, three, four games, whatever it's going to be. Uh, is that you know, you, what what are you carrying forward in the next year? What can you see? I think overall the defense has been good. Is you know, what do you have offensively that you can run with and develop with? And obviously they'd love to get out the door with another win or two here. But I think the big picture of what truly matters moving forward is. You know, I think some confidence for Bryce Young and for this offense. He's going to have a new head coach, um, offensive coordinator probably is will be new as well. So whatever he's doing is more kind of like the sample of what he is as opposed to learning the offense since it's going to be different next year. But it was good to see it. We're talking uh, Panthers football. Jim Zoki Panthers will be in uh, Jacksonville for New Year's uh, Eve. Jim, will you be staying over in Actionville? 
Only for as long as we have to, of course, with the game. But uh, they um, <laughs> <laughs> they came into the league with us back in '95. There's always been that built-in, you know, that that rivalry of 1995. The two teams that came in as expansion teams uh, together. So it's always been like that that kind of cousins kind of thing or whatever in the NFL. And it's been a close series through the years, uh, four to three. The Panthers lead it, but uh, yeah, I always think back when I hear Jacksonville. The first thing I think of is like Mark Brunell and. 1995, then both teams reaching their conference championship games in 96, which was bizarre. The two expansion teams in year two would get that far. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's always been a kind of a, a cool rivalry. We don't see them often enough to have it feel like a true regular football rivalry, but uh, there's always going to be right, that connection. Right. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, is, uh, at least as I saw uh, midday today, didn't practice Wednesday. Still, it says he's going to do whatever he can to be in the uh, be in the game. He's been a little banged up here uh, lately, and uh, even though they are one of the division leaders right now, uh, they are uh, just a game over five hundred. So uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle the last several weeks for the uh, Jags. Zoke. Yeah, he. By, and by the way, he did not practice today, but it's Thursday, okay. so uh, we'll see with him. But he uh, he's not missed a start in forty nine straight games. So even though he's dealt with concussion and some other injuries uh, he's been out there so obviously it's tough to get him out of the lineup he's got a shoulder sprain right now and uh, you're right they're eight and seven but they've lost four games in a row they've lost to uh, Cincinnati Cleveland Baltimore and then last week Tampa Bay they lost 30 to 12 so they've been struggling he left that game with that injury um, CJ Beathard's been around a long time though so he came in last week and he was with the Niners you probably remember him back there kind of a spot starter for a while, so he's uh, capable. They need to go that direction, but they've got some uh, they got some playmakers. You know, Travis Etienne's having a great season. Evan Ingram's uh, one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the NFL this year. Um, I know people follow Zay Jones. He didn't, uh, he didn't play last week with a hamstring injury. I did see he was limited in practice, so I don't know if Zay Jones will play or not in this game, but uh, they've got a lot of good weapons for sure. Yeah, and Zay Jones has had, unfortunately, some issues off the field uh, yep. here uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. what's the weather going to be like down there, uh, Zoka? It's, it, that's that, you know, Jacksonville could be considered southern Georgia. So, I mean, that's, I don't know what that means. That's just what everybody told me when I was when I lived down there. I'll be honest. I'd even look. I just, assume, I, I just assume it's going to be 80 and it's going to rain. Um, I didn't even look, so I can look at <laughs> talking to you and just see. But I actually have not even looked that far. We were down there in Tampa, what, three weeks ago or something. It was like, it was like 85 and it, it was that, that thunderstorm we had as far as during the game so um yeah see jacksonville weather so many ads when you go to the internet patrick have you noticed that like you just want information <laughs> have you noticed that in radio sometimes that they sometimes do that yes and, sunday uh, actually it's not it's not gonna be 80 it's gonna be 62 and sunny and the low is there 42 so it's actually much much more chilly than i was expecting See, it's going to be cool. See, you're glad you looked this Further up. Further up the coast. You'd have pa- yeah, you'd have packed. You'd have packed short sleeves, and you'd have been a little chilly. Yeah. Okay, 62 is still chilly. solid. I mean, the start of the day would have been not great at 42, but yeah, 62 we can handle. That's good. But you but you could wear kind of a light pullover. A light over pullover might be in the forecast. Uh, over yeah, the golf shirt. Exactly. <laughs> you're yes, talking layers now. So you're saying what you're, what you're recommending yeah. is layers, is what you're saying. I would yeah. layer. I would layer, uh, you know, a light, yeah, we don't a lightish the, kind of. Yeah, we don't want the cold growing into something more than the cold, so we want to keep it uh, keep it in check. Well, yeah, I know you don't want to get the pneumonia or something. So I mean, right? You know, we don't want this going into the off season. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, Pilk, do you have any questions for Zoke about your Panthers? Oh, where do we start? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, so I don't even know. I'm trying to think about what Pat, what we've already talked about. We've talked about the defense. We've talked about the O-line. I guess it's kind of what are you looking for, you know, or looking for in the guys over these last two weeks. I mean, unfortunately, you know, it looks like we're going to hand Chicago the number one pick now, but I guess there's still stuff to always build on. I mean, I know guys are going to be fighting for a roster spot going into next season, so they're going to have to play a little bit of selfish football because they want a job, and obviously if you don't have a job on the worst team in the league, you're probably not going to have a job anywhere else. So what are you just kind of looking for from a team perspective here going into the final road game of the season? Yeah, I mean, like like DJ Shark's been playing well, obviously, and he's a, he's a basically a one year rental. So is that somebody that you know might return because he's a good he's been a good team guy. You know, he just hasn't been healthy all, all this year. But you know, it's always uh, you know when you need playmakers with speed. I think it was you know one of the things with Adam Thielen. He's been really productive, um, but you know he's not going to be around a long time in this league, and you, you need some more game breakers. I like that. I think you know is Tommy Tremble emerging as we talked a little bit earlier as a bigger pass-catching threat. We've seen more and more of that in the second half of this year. Um, Jonathan Mingo didn't have a big game, just one catch last week, but heading into that, he'd been on a streak of three, four games where you know his numbers were going up, and you invested a second-round pick in him out of Ole Miss. So just um, just guys like that. And then um, you know, I think part of it next year is, though, they, they should get you a Brady Christian should be back, Austin Corbett. I mean, uh, they, they got to fix the line, but – Getting those guys back in there, they were they were very important to the success of the line last year uh, when Steve Wilkes and the running game were so solid the uh, second half of last year. So on the offensive side, that that kind of thing, and then you know defensively, I mean, I got to say, in a, in a lost season, Derek Brown uh, should easily be a Pro Bowl player. I mean, this is a guy who's had a fantastic a year and should be considered one of the very best defensive tackles in pro football. And sometimes you're a great player on, on a bad team, like Joe Thomas in Cleveland all his years at left tackle. You know, sometimes you're just that guy. And I think Derek Brown has been so consistent all year, and his numbers have been eye-popping for being a defensive tackle. Hey, so let me ask you this. Uh, with the second pick, uh, what would you say the pan – and, I mean, there's obviously draft boards, projections or whatever are out. And, I mean, what, but what would you – where would you say that the team needs to go with that pick if – if indeed they have the second pick. Uh, Are you talking about the, the first it. pick of the second round, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. First pick would you, of the second, you say the yes, second my, pick? Yes. I, I think, you know, here's the thing. That, that, you know, to Philip's point, there's lots of areas you need to improve. And, that's, and to, I, would, I always say with the draft board, it's got to be that player you weren't expecting to still be there at that point. And I would rather, let's say like linebacker is not your biggest need. If you've got a guy that is just like a really outstanding linebacker prospect who's still there, I would rather you go get a player that could stick around for six, seven, eight years, as opposed to saying, well, gosh, we really need a guard here, or we really need a receiver and not even go by position. I mean, you always have your needs as far as what you, you want there, but I would say just take the best player. And it's, it, it is, unless you're just overloaded, say, you know, you're not going to go draft your starting quarterback there because Bryce Young is who you're building around. But most positions to be available um, to be able to be competed for on the roster because you're going to have free agency, you're going to have other draft picks, you have the ability to trade. So you can fill holes in lots of different ways. But overall, it's like they need to draft well. There are teams like the Rams who never have a first-round pick, and they come up with all these Puka Nakua's and Kyron Williams running the ball. Fifth-round draft yeah. choice. I mean, that, you, that's what you got to be. I mean, that's how you build your team of 
you know, more budget-friendly, uh, roster-filling starting players, is you've got to hit on your draft picks as many as you can through three days. And, and that's what matters. That's how you really build a team. So to me, that's, that's most important because you can always fill a role with a, a veteran player, but they really got to succeed. And not only that first pick of the second round, like you're talking about, but you know, throughout the draft, really hitting on these players and drafting well, which they've not done at all the last couple of years. All right. Uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Jim, have a happy new year. And you guys uh, do the same? a uh, safe trip down to Jacksonville. And we'll look forward to catching up with you, uh, I guess, next week before right, the guys. regular we'll season uh, finale. All right. Thank you, Zoke. All right. Thanks. There he goes. Jim, there he goes. Jim Zoki. Get well soon, Jim. Playing a little hurt, Pilk, like like uh, Sonny yesterday. All right, uh, let's go now to uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington. He has a 94-3 The Game sports update and pirate report for you right now. Pilk? Thank you, P-Man. Sorry about that. We are going to start in Pirate Athletics. Well, in the American Athletic Conference as a whole. As the preseason baseball poll was released today, the Pirates are the preseason favorites after receiving 9 of 10 first-place votes. The only other team to receive a first-place vote was South Florida, who came in at fifth overall. Six players were given preseason all-conference honors, including Trey Savage, who was named the preseason pitcher of the year. Other players to receive preseason accolades include, include pitcher Zach Root, relief pitcher Danny Bill, catcher Justin Wilcoxon, first baseman Carter Cunningham, and outfielder Jacob Jenkins-Cowart. Looking at college football right now. Bowl games are going on earlier today in the Fenway Bowl, Boston College and what was a home game for them upset 24th ranked SMU 23-14. Right now in the Pinstripe Bowl Rutgers playing pretty much a home game against Miami lead the Hurricanes 31-17 with just 2.35 remaining. Later tonight in the Pop-Tart Bowls, 15th-ranked NC State will be three-point dogs as they take on 25th-ranked Kansas State down in Orlando. And late tonight in the Alamo Dome, 12th-ranked Oklahoma and 14th-ranked Arizona. The Wildcats will be two-and-a-half-point favorites in that contest. Looking elsewhere in sports, as the Texans look to make their final push for the postseason, it appears they will have their signal caller back this week as they host the Tennessee Titans. C.J. Stroud missed the last two games with a concussion that he suffered in a loss to the Jets three weeks ago. The rookie quarterback cleared protocol earlier today is expected to start Sunday's game. The Canes will be back in action tonight as they try and make it back-to-back wins on back-to-back nights as they host the Habs at 7 o'clock. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by Brian Mole of The Athletic. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Brian Mull with us. Thank you, Pilk. Pilk, I figured out the watch situation. I'll have to tell you about that. Hey, I'm proud. That's uh, better later. than I could do because I would never won't even try and figure out one of those things. Yeah, I'm proud, Patrick. I, I got you. All right, our pal Brian Mull uh, joins us telephonically, I believe. Mull, you there? Merry, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Hi, Patrick. I did. It was uh, same to you. Um, it was very, uh, very active. 
around here. My nine-year-old got a basketball goal. Kind of the family got a basketball Ooh. goal. But she, right, she's right. Uh, playing on her first organized team starting in a week or so. So we took advantage of the 65-degree weather. I had her going, you know, doing some defensive step slides and some mic and drill and uh, some ball, <laughs> ball handling work, and uh, she'll be ready. She'll yeah. be tip-top shape here in a week. The mic and drill, that's the best. That's the uh, that's the best. Uh, I want to uh, start with uh, and a happy new year to you as well. Uh, I, I will say. Thank All right, you. I want to start with um, with Florida Atlantic because I think they had of this little period of time of the last week or so the most impressive win of anybody. They're now up to number seven in the polls. The Pirates, of course, play East Tennessee State tomorrow, but then they're going to play. Uh, Florida Atlantic in the first conference game uh, on uh, next week. So um, I think that might be the best uh, win since Arizona won at Duke as far as wins this season. What what do you say? No doubt. Um, for, for FAU to go out to Vegas, uh, what was uh, essentially a home court for Arizona, and uh, to fall behind early in that game and then just uh, continue to match them shot for shot. Uh, incredible basketball game on both ends. But uh, if anyone out there is still doubting FAU or writing off last year as some type of fluke, uh, they're mistaken. Because this was a very good basketball team all of last season. Um, you know, they were in Conference USA. They flew a little bit under the radar, but that was a terrific league. And uh they proved it in March, and um, this team with everybody back is is better. You know, they have a year of experience under their belt and the confidence that they can go toe-to-toe with anyone, i.e. an Arizona team that's uh, probably, uh, based on the competition in the West, going to be a number one seed in March. I, I thought uh, John L. Davis was, was superb. Uh, he a rebound shy of a double-double. He pours in 35 and you've set everybody back. I think it's 12 of the 13 back from last year. They wanted to run it back this year. Uh, their NIL in basketball kicked in and made that possible. Let's not kid ourselves. But, uh, you know, there is there, there is a little bit of uh, the whole wanting to show, as you say, last year was not a fluke. And, look, I know we're not banners and uh, the games in March aren't won this time of year. We haven't even flipped the calendar for crying out loud. But. I, I really like the way they and Memphis are playing right now out of the American. No doubt. They both look like uh, second weekend teams. They're different, but uh, Memphis is, uh, you know, physically can, can match anyone and, uh, and has a real star in, in David Jones, a guy who was uh, a good player at St. John's, but uh, I mean, he's relentless. Just uh, the way he attacks the basket, uh, scores on twos and threes, gets to the free throw line a bunch and uh, really has been a nice centerpiece for them and coming into his own. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting better um, just across the board. Uh, and uh, this is a team that's that's going to be dangerous. And it's, we're going to have to wait for those Memphis – I think they play twice in the last two weeks of the regular season. Um, but both yeah. could have a, a very gaudy conference record by the time they get – to that point uh, and, and with this FAU team what stands out and they they all can shoot and you know it sounds simplistic but like 
everybody they put on the floor has a high percentage, both on twos and threes. And then when you have a legit seven footer, uh, you can match up with any team in the country. Well, and you know, I think Memphis, what they've done in this stretch the the win at Clemson was impressive. The way they handled Virginia, granted it was a home game was impressive. So, uh, I, I just think both these teams, uh, if they can stay healthy, boy, won't it be fun uh, when they play in the last couple weeks of the regular season? And then who knows what's going to happen in the conference tournament uh, out in uh, uh, out at the uh, arena there in uh, in Texas. So uh, we shall see. Brian Mall, college basketball writer at BG Mall on X Twitter. You can follow his tweets uh, there. So we're getting back into the swing uh, tonight and tomorrow night uh, right now. Uh, a game that I think is kind of interesting on Friday night, uh, Kennesaw State and Indiana are playing. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Hoosiers look like a team that might uh, be capable of making some noise in the Big Ten. Yeah, the, the Hoosiers have uh, improved a lot. They, they struggled the first couple of weeks of the season. And um, you're right. I think the, the Big Ten outside of Purdue is, is pretty open. Michigan Michigan State has come to life uh here, here of late as well, but uh, there's no reason Indiana, you know, based on the rest of the conference there and, and their talent, there's no reason they can't be one of the teams that's fighting for the regular season championship. And then uh, Kennesaw, you know, of course we saw them in Greenville earlier this year, uh, just an explosive, one of the fastest paced teams in the country, and they just picked up a uh, a transfer, a six foot seven kind of wing forward, Jason Holt who was a double transfer, uh, signed with Alabama when Petway was an assistant there, had been transferred and started mm-hmm. 11 games last year for Georgia. Just got him eligible, uh, played 28 minutes uh, the other night, and uh, probably the, a, a really good defensive piece for them. So they will, uh, along with Lipscomb, be the favorites in the Atlantic Sun. Yeah. For sure. They were yeah. waiting to get him back too, and now that they have him back, uh, look out because I think that's that's a big deal uh, for them, as you say in the A Sun. Uh, of course, the Pirates are going to be hosting East Tennessee State tomorrow. Uh, this is a uh, mid-level SoCon team, but uh, a team that's got some interesting parts. Uh, you got two kind of young, up-and-coming head coaches uh, here: Mike Swartz in his second year. And then Brooks Savage, who uh, I talked to today and really was impressed with Brooks Savage, uh, talking to him today uh, before, before the game tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, he's – look, East Tennessee State has gotten it done before. And credit to their athletic administration. I know the, the deal in the immediate aftermath uh, when, when uh, the guy left for Wake Forest was not handled very well, uh, the, the, how all that kind of hand happened and – it just was a big mess. Uh, they went out. They made what they thought was the best hire at the time to make a, a, a P5 assistant, and uh, it, it just didn't work out. Things, uh, but but they're they're not going to wait and let something play out there because they have an expectation of winning. Is what I'm getting at here. So uh, to me, that is the the really interesting thing is they're not going to just kind of sit back and. All right, you have four or five years to put. I mean, they they feel like they can win now, and they've got a guy they think uh, has a a blueprint to have them win now. Yeah, they knocked it out of the park with uh, Brooks Savage, up-and-coming star in the coaching profession, someone who has 
been there, understands the culture at ETSU, which, as you mentioned, is extremely strong. I mean, Forbes had them in the top 100 four years in a row before he uh, took the Wake Forest job. And, and, you know, it's easy to forget. A lot of us want to forget 2020, but uh, ETSU was 30 and four and and, uh, poised to be about a 10 or 11 seed in the 2020 tournament had it not been canceled. So, uh, that's the expectation. Like you said, they've had a couple of rough years. This is a rebuilding situation, you know, uh, came in late, uh, had to patch together a roster, lost a a couple of their, their best players. One of whom is starting at Richmond and, uh, but they're going to play hard. They're going to defend. It reminds me uh, quite a bit of, of where East Carolina was at last year. Uh, you know, all the pieces maybe not quite in place, uh, but you've got a coach who's organized, who has a, a system and an idea that starts on the defensive end, and uh, he's going to demand that type of effort, and you know, eventually he'll get the talent in there to, to get the offensive numbers where they need to be, uh, where I would expect them to be back in the top tier of the SOCON uh, sooner than later. So East Carolina blows out uh, Delaware State, kind of an expected result, and I think in the fashion in which they did it uh, showed that this team is coming around, especially on the defensive side of the on the defensive end of the floor, uh, make that. So uh, right now, going into conference play with that final tune-up tomorrow night at home, uh, how do you feel East Carolina, especially on the defensive end, is playing? Yeah, I think they're only a cent. Uh, when you look at what they've done over the last five games, uh, certainly the, the win over UNC Wilmington being the turning point for this team, uh, after a disappointing performance at George Mason where a couple of guys were banged up. But, but from that point forward to, to win that game and, and, and win it in the fashion that they did defensively in the second half, I think it really gave, you know, ECU some confidence. We've continued to see that, uh, certainly the close calls against South Carolina and Florida. Both games could have gone either way. And, uh, you know, you, you get a team like Delaware State in your building right before Christmas and a lot can happen, but you, but they came out and handled it very professionally, took care of business. And I think the best basketball team with Cam Hayes being in the lineup now, I mean, this is, I've said it, you know, I don't, I think we've said it privately, but I mean, this may be the best starting five, one through five that the ECU's had in quite some time. And this is a roster uh, with some depth, the development of the freshman big man. I just like the way things are coming together for this team. I think the schedule is uh, kind of manageable uh, there early uh, after FAU. Um, you've got, you know, some, some games, a couple of the better teams, but they're at home. And it's an opportunity for ECU to really get off to a good start and, and be a factor in the American, uh, a team that's challenging for the for the top four. All right, let's uh, Brian Mulls with us here. We're talking college hoops. Uh, let's talk uh, stay in the American and Wichita State going to Kansas on Saturday. Now Kansas is obviously the prohibitive favorite at home, but I mean this is it's got a little bit of a rivalry factor uh, to it. And Wichita State's off to a pretty decent start, all all things uh, considered. So, uh, what do you, what's your read on the Shockers as they have a pretty stern test before they begin conference play? Yeah, and they get a little bit of a break there. The game is in Kansas City. Not they don't have to go ah. to Fog Allen. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. So, so a bit of a neutral, although we all know that uh, the Rock Chalk Jayhawks will dominate any arena within about a thousand miles of Lawrence. But uh, regardless, Paul Mills was a terrific hire. Uh, but, you know, another very similar to ETSU. That's a proud program with high expectations that doesn't take kindly to uh, to middling seasons, which they were having there, unfortunately, and. Uh, Paul Mills comes in from Oral Roberts, where where he put that program on the map, took him to the tournament, won a game, and you know same kind of situation there. Uh, he he's they don't have the talent that they will have personnel wise. You know there's some holes, but uh, they're a top 100 defensive team, top 50 in field goal percentage defense, uh, forming an identity on that end. Uh, you know really don't have any bad losses, if you will. They've been competitive in every game and taking care of the games they're supposed to. So uh, I, I look for that team to continue to get better. Uh, they're going to have to win ugly, um, you know, games in the 60s, 70s, which is not the way Paul wants to coach or play, but uh, you, you kind of have to take what you've got and make the best you can with it and until um, you can, you know, bolster your roster with recruiting. And I, I would imagine that uh, folks, folks in Wichita are excited, as they should be, uh, about – the future of that program and getting back to, you know, that, that should be a top 75 program, which helps the conference and, um, you know, gives it, gives the American another team that's capable in a good year of, of being in the NCAA tournament. Hey, uh, Brian, great to talk to you. We appreciate it. And, uh, we will, uh, catch up uh, with you in the new year. Okay, Patrick, happy new year to everyone. Be safe, have fun. And, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. There he goes. Brian Mull. Great to have him on uh with us uh here all right so uh pilk will stay if you want uh and uh get out early is that does that work for you uh, perfect ref ref pilkington it does okay. thank you very good good show today uh enjoyed having brian uh mole on uh just now and uh zok was uh enjoyable to have on and uh i think we uh we had a good program here on a Thursday, the final Thursday uh, show of uh, of the year. What what say you on that, Pilk? Do you feel like it was a good uh, was a good program or what? I thought it was good. It's any, it's always a good day when you hit on a little football, hit on a little basketball. We hit on a little baseball. Just uh, yes, got to hit on all the did. big three, and, and we did it. And it's tough to do in an hour, but we got it done. And just getting underway in Orlando, Florida. It's the Pop Tarts Bowl. Is that right? That is correct. They just wrapped up the bowl in Yankee Stadium. Uh, Rutgers just beat Miami. Miami was down two scores, scored, recovered the onside kick, and then ended up turning it over on downs. Oh, there you go. Interesting year for the U. That's going to be an interesting to see where they go because their expectations are so astronomical. Uh, And uh, the worm turned there when when they didn't take the knee. That's when the worm turned there this that is, year. You could have not be more correct on that. It's been all downhill. Yeah. It has been, and that's where the, the little bit of confidence was lost in Mario Cristobal uh, there. Uh, tomorrow, we will be on at 6 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, it'll be a Best of Steve Logan show. So uh, tune in to that tomorrow on uh, 94.3 The Game and other stations in the IBX media family. Uh, and we will be on at 6. Cy Seymour will join us tomorrow to preview ECU and East Tennessee State. Thanks to Jim Zoki. Don't forget the Panthers will play 1 o'clock on Sunday on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB, as it will be uh, the 
Panthers taking on the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, and uh, thanks to Brian Mall. Follow him on Twitter at BG Mall for uh, all things college hoops and golf. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Thanks to you for hanging in there with us today. And we will uh, be back to wrap up the year tomorrow. Six o'clock leading you into Pirate Basketball here for the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great rest of your evening. And uh, if we don't talk to you till next year, Happy New Year and be safe. Guten Tag, this is my auto. And this is my key. And I only trust one place with my key. My key car care. They are so transparent with e-inspection, which shows photos of the problem and the fix. My key is my favorite part of America. And my second favorite part? The cowboys and the horses. <laughs> Remember, I only trust my key with my key. Your one-stop shop for total car care. At participating locations, my key locations are independently owned and operated. Are you missing a tooth? Doctors Bowman, Paget, and Associates can help you with state-of-the-art surgical procedures such as